When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. Robert Manny, welcoming you to the podcast of Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And it is the perfect place to be to talk about this subject, and I'm so thrilled we have a special guest uh, today, Jonathan Robinson, uh, MA, MFT. He's a psychotherapist, best-selling author of 12 books, professional speaker, and he's going to be on the show just in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about his new book, More Love and Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And I can tell you, having gone through the book, I was just reading and smiling and nodding my head and then shaking my head and then realizing, oh, I'm making some mistakes, as I'm sure we all are when it comes to our relationships. Because, you know, men and women communicate differently. We're all human. We're all people, but I think we do communicate differently. In fact, I think we've had a hard time recently, more than ever, ever communicating, and this was the inspiration for my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which started this whole Guy's Guy's movement. And the novel is about two guys in advertising. They're competing for love, sex, power, and money, but it's basically about the main character is asked by his ex-girlfriend, where there's still some attraction and sexual underlying tension there to write a column about men for women in her new female media platform. And the main character's name is Max Halliday. He's like, no way. And she, his, uh, his woman or his ex uh, says, why not? And uh, he says, well, because women don't want to know the real truth about men. They want to know the truth that they think is true, but they don't know, want, to, want to know about the real truth. So ultimately through a series of happenstances the max decides i will write the story i will write the column and i'll base it on the bad deeds of my best friend roger fox who's a womanizer and kind of a do anything the end justifies the mean type person and even though i wrote it a few years ago i think it's more uh it's more relevant now than ever for two reasons one i think that the gap in communication between men and women is uh, growing into a chasm now and it's because women are uh, finally getting a lot of their long overdue recognition. They're on more of a straight line upward. They're ascending. They're getting recognized. And it's a good thing. Men, on the other hand, are uh, the older guys are having a hard time determining what their value is. It's like, is this it? Am I a paycheck and a title and a couple of rounds of golf and some beers? And a lot of the younger guys are stuck between the MMA and manscaping. They're not sure what they're supposed to do. And then you take the whole dating landscape, and with, uh, which is tough because 
Nobody knows what their roles are anymore. Everybody communicates via their smartphone. Technology can be your friend or your foe. And everybody's like, how do we even, what is even dating anymore? Because it used to be, you see an attractive woman sitting at the bar with her friend, you walk over and say, hi, my name's Lou. Can I buy you a drink? That was back in the day. And although you risk being Mr. Whiskey Breath, there was the onus of putting it on the guy. You have to go up there and put yourself out there and man up and introduce yourself to a woman with a big smile and some confidence. Nowadays, people hide behind their smartphones or they're sitting at home at their laptop in their tidy whities and they're scrolling through the dating apps and sites and uh, they're meeting beautiful women that way. And what's happened is I think we have a lot of uh, mis expectations on the part of guys where, you know, they're looking at Instagram and they're seeing all these fitness models and everything. And they're thinking, I want that. And then they're watching a lot of porn and it's like, I want that. And it puts undue pressure on today's women. And I think a lot of the women have said, you know what, you, you can have that. Keep stay on the computer. I'm going to get ahead in business and I'm not going to really need you for the things that maybe uh, my mom needs my dad for. And it's created even more more confusion out there in terms of the, the roles. In addition to that, now we've got the Me Too movement. And uh, um, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the outing of a lot of uh, well-known people in terms of bad behavior and the rampant bad behavior by powerful men across different businesses. And it's just because celebrities and politicians, we haven't seen as much with athletes yet, but I think we will, that people who uh, are in power, guys, a lot of them, you know, a, a a demonstration of their power is just being disrespectful in terms of how they're approaching women. You would think if you're a powerful person, whether it's in politics and entertainment or in sports, you make a lot of money, probably in good shape, good looking because you're camera ready. You wouldn't have to resort to this, to rape and uh, this, a lot of this horrible behavior that a lot of these powerful men are perpetrating on women. And as a result, the good guys out there, the guys, guys, they have to put up with a lot of, a lot of pushback. And I think what everybody needs to do is just let's listen, guys, cool it. Listen to what the ladies have to say. Be comfortable in your own skin if you're doing the right thing. If you're not doing the right thing, now's the time to shape, shape up. If you are doing the right thing, know that you will be recognized. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself, and you will be recognized for the good things you're doing. So anyhow, in the novel, the main character, Max, decides that he's going to write this column about uh, – about men for women. And the news is actually not that bad, but uh, it's called The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. And here we are after that. So uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled because this is the first book that I've seen in a long time with all the guests on my show. I've dealt with relationships, metaphysical teachers, athletes, entertainers, uh, wellness experts. And I finally have a book that really hits the bullseye about what people go through in terms of uh, some of the challenges of a long-term relationship. And I love the fact that it's written by a guy because I think it's easier for guys to relate to it. And guys, as you all know out there, uh, a lot of us are lone wolves. Uh, we don't talk about our relationships unless it's something spectacular or really bad with our friends. Like I have a buddy of mine, he was married for 22 years. And one day he wanted to go out for beers with me. And he's like, tells me he's getting a divorce. He never mentioned any issues with the marriage uh, up to that point. And that's kind of how guys are. Women, on the other hand, they chat amongst themselves. They share more intimate details. There's more of a com camaraderie, I guess, between them. And men are like, uh, we just figure stuff out on our own. And as a result, 
uh, a lot of times men get hurt these days. Uh, Typically in a lot of relationships, men think that everything's okay because the way men think is they say, oh, everything's fine. If I have a problem, I'll just surface it. I'll bring it up. I'll tell my partner and that'll be it. If she agrees, great. If she disagrees, well, I know she disagrees with that. And then I have to make my own decisions. Women, on the other hand, a lot of times in relationships, they're, they're sending out what they think are clear signals to the guys, but the signals actually aren't that clear because guys are pretty thick and guys don't pay attention at the same level as women do. So they miss out on a lot and they are blindsided when they get dumped because women have been hanging around, hoping they'll change, thinking that they have expressed themselves about their dissatisfaction with certain areas of the relationship. Men, a lot of times, don't really listen actively enough to hear beyond the words of what their partner is saying. And then ultimately, they get dumped and are like, what happened? You should have told me. And a lot of th- I don't I can't read minds. And a lot of times the, the women will say, you know what, maybe you're right, but I need maybe I should have been more clear. But I have been unhappy. And now I met somebody else and I'm moving out or whatever. And I think a lot of us have been there. So this is a very timely book by Jonathan Robinson at the right time. So we're going to take a very, very, very quick break, and then we're going to come right back with our special guest, Jonathan Robinson. We're going to talk about his book, More Love, Less Conflict. And then my friend, Raika Yagmani, who is a dating expert from San Francisco who sings opera, she's going to take us into the break and tell us what you're listening to. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio, and as I promised, this is your host, Robert Manny, and uh, we're going to talk about um, the book, More Love, Less Conflict, with our special guest, Jonathan Robinson. Let me tell you a little bit about the book. Um, The pace of modern life leaves little time to truly connect with our partners, as we know, yet the need for good communication is greater than ever. So this book, More Love, Less Conflict, teaches us how to communicate effectively through structured practices. It's kind of a how-to book, and it's great. It's got a lot of reminders in there. It's got special practices. You can go back and do these exercises and they're simple. They're not like, Oh, I have to do these exercises. No, they're like little reminders and they're great. You learn simple ways to keep the lines of communication open and be a better listener, understand and avoid yours and your own partner's triggers. And I think we can all relate to that to solve our problems Um, about Jonathan. He's a psychotherapist, a professional speaker. He conducts workshops on communication, leadership and team building at fortune 500 companies. And he's the author of a very well-known book, Communication Miracles for Couples. Uh, he'll tell us about it, all his website and social media and all that. But let's welcome Jonathan to uh, Guys Guys Radio. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Hi, Robert. I'm doing really well. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. So what was the inspiration? Let's start at the beginning for uh, writing this book. Well, you know, I started out in life being a really bad communicator and uh, was very shy growing up, depressed, and eventually got into seeing that good communication skills was the key to getting the women that I wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> I made a study of it. And, um, you know, I ended up on Oprah several times, uh, so I got to speak to a lot of people. And eventually I became kind of like a scientist of what are the easiest simplest ways to communicate well because you know when i'm stressed out you don't remember you know theory or difficult things you can barely remember two words so i wanted to know what those two words were you know so i could use them in times i needed them and so the more love less conflict book is really my 
summary of 30 years of research as to what are the absolute simplest ways to communicate well with anybody that you can generally master in 10 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So uh, you talk about a communication miracle. Is that what you're talking about? Well, a communication miracle is when couples come to my office. I never see couples more than two sessions uh, because if I can't help them in two sessions, I know I can't help them. So basically what I do is I take couples who are basically on the verge of divorce and teach them a couple of very simple techniques. And if they use the techniques, generally they'll go from anger or cynicism or even, you know, total dislike back to a place of love. And I think of that as a miracle because love is really what we all want, but most of us, the way we communicate doesn't consistently get us to that place. How do you see, I was describing my take on kind of what the differences sometimes in communication and mindset are between men and women when it comes to relationships. What's your take? My way off base or what? No, I agree. In a way, it's, you know, John Gray wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, basically saying that, you know, we're two different species. But he didn't necessarily go into how to communicate to a person of this other species. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. I, I have nice. these simple methods that help the two species to communicate. Just like, you know, I communicate really well with my dog. Uh, partly because I understand what she wants, and I don't mistake that she her needs are my needs. But when it comes to my wife, sometimes you can think, well, they must be a very stupid or bad version of me, and that's not the case. <laughs> you know, like for example, you know, a lot of men think that if they just sh- tell women how they need to be fixed that they will then say, oh, now I get it. Okay, thanks. Well, women hate <laughs> being fixed. That. Yeah, right. right, exactly. I'm batting zero for a thousand on that one. <laughs> um, so so uh, part of it is understanding exactly what women want and then being able to give it to them, which literally can take 15 seconds if you do it right, and it could take more than 15 years if you do it wrong. All right, let me stop you right there, if you, if I may uh, interrupt okay. and ask you. So what do women want? They want empathy. They want to be understood. They want their emotions to be validated and understood. And if you can do that, uh, then they will love you because you are giving them the one they most want in the world. <clears throat> if you can't do that, you could give them houses and cars and vacations, and they'll still be upset at you. No, I think that's right on. Um, when you have uh, couples come in to uh, work with you, Jonathan, what is the number one? Is there like a, an overarching issue uh, that they come in with, or is it uh, kind of split out across the top three or something like that? Well, the issues tend to be uh, one dealings with money and sex and parenting, but Really, I see the underlying issue is that they don't know how to work out problems with each other effectively. And instead, what they do is they resort to blame. You know, mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, what, what I initially done in my, did in my marriage was I would show or tell my partner, my wife, how she was doing something wrong. 
and how she could do it better. And somehow when I did that, she never once said, oh, now I see, yeah, thanks for showing me the errors of my ways, and now I'll have to totally change. That never happened. So I realized I must be doing something wrong because it never, ever worked, you know. And then I started to research what actually does work. So instead of spending many hours in frustration, I now can do what she wants in 15 seconds, and we can solve problems really, really quickly. Okay. Um, when you said, uh, just as a curiosity, um, you mentioned that sometimes after two sessions, a couple, it does, it's not working. What would be a determined, just out of curiosity, I don't, I don't want to get off uh, center on this, but what would mm-hmm. be kind of a, what, what would be something you say, like, you know what, they, they either have to work this out on their own or it's just, this is over already. I can't help them. Yeah. Well, I find that if people are willing to use these simple methods. It always works to restore a sense of connection. Now, sometimes they realize that we have very different goals and we really shouldn't be together, but they mm-hmm. do it with a sense of love rather than a sense of uh, blame and dislike. So, um, but if people are not willing to use the methods uh, and they just want to stick with blaming their partner, then mm-hmm. I really can't help them because if you do the right. same thing that doesn't work, it doesn't get different results. Right. I mean, ultimately, the patient, uh, client, and any any type of uh, uh, working with people, they have to do the work yourself. I mean, I, I am a certified uh, advanced hypnotist and mm-hmm. I don't do the work. I help the person. We get to the, we get to the issue, but ultimately they have to do the work. And I learned that before I was involved with hypnosis and that I was a, I had been a smoker and I wanted to stop because I knew just like I was 25 and I'm like, this, this has to go. I went to a, a, for some reason I picked out a psychotherapist who does hypnosis and she hypnotized me and I was like, great. I walked out of the place I, I had no urge then two weeks later I was at an event and I had a couple of tequilas and I'm like okay I know how to handle this I can just light up and stop whenever I want well of course I was right back on track and then I realized you know what I'm the one that the the, the therapist can get give me a good start but ultimately I the client the patient have to do the work and so I went back did another session that was 30 years ago and I never, I can't even say the word of what I, of what, what those things were that I was putting in my mouth and lighting. Um, but ultimately I had to do the work and I'm sure, is that what you find with your uh, clients that uh, they, it's up to them ultimately, because they're going to leave your office and they're going to have to put into practice some of these uh, exercises and tenets you have in your book and your practice. Yeah, they do have to do the work, but as you know, it's a lot easier if you have the right tool. So right. quitting smoking is really hard. Quitting smoking when you've been hypnotized is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, having good communication can be really hard, but having good communication in which all you have to do is fill in three words in a fill-in-the-blank sentence is pretty easy. So my job mm-hmm. is to give people the absolute best, simplest, most you can't fail if you actually just fill in two fucking words here. You know, right, it's right, really right, my right, sense right. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that then they do have to fill in those two or three words uh, that can lead to good communication. And so it's really a mixture of, of how good of a method you have and whether somebody's willing to use it. 
Right. And you might, I guess they might find uh, working with you, which is pretty amazing. Uh, they might find that, Hey, we're not supposed to be together. And if that's the case, that's the case. Um, l- let me ask you this. Let me set up a, 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 a typical scenario. You mm-hmm. have a couple, they were very much in love. They had sex all the time. They get married. They have sex all the time. Then they have a baby. They're an older couple, let's say, uh, because a lot of couples having, uh, getting married older, they're having kids later in life. And then, um, you know, the wife is more focused on the kid. She's not as interested in sex. Maybe she, you know, puts on some weight. She's not that she's tired from doing all the work or something. And uh, mm-hmm. the man, you know, all guys are like uh, horny, hungry, and angry, basically, <laughs> a lot of the times. So what, 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 do you, what, do you, what would you do in that type of situation? And is that a typical situation that you run into with couples who are in love? They love each other, but they're getting off track because of some of how life's kind of getting in the way, if you will. Absolutely. There's more distractions and more stress than ever, which makes needing advanced communication methods even more important. And I want to give your listeners a couple of these methods so that they have a sense of what I'm talking about, how easy they are. Um, but, you know, you if you look at the word intimacy, the instructions for finding it are kind of in the word into me see. So when you reveal yourself in a vulnerable way, it helps to create that connection. It's much easier to solve problems if you feel really connected to somebody than if you feel really pissed off at them. So my first step is to find ways to get people to feel really connected. Once they've done that, Usually solving problems, and there's a lot of problems to solve nowadays, usually the solving problems can happen really quickly and easily, and that builds trust. So um, I thought that one way that uh, I could help your audience would be to give a couple of methods, and and you and I can even try them out together. Okay, sure. Um, Now, I mentioned that the, the, the first step is to just to create a connection. And in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I have like 30 really simple methods for doing that. But one of the most powerful is just to say what you truly do appreciate about someone and Mm -hmm. that you do that somewhat consistently. So don't tell my wife this, Robert, but I have Siri on my iPhone (laughs) remind me every day to say an appreciation to my wife. And it only takes a minute... And mm-hmm. it's sincere. I, I really do. But I forget to say these things unless Siri right, reminds right. me. So, uh, you know, we can do a simple thing where we each say, complete this sentence. Something I've noticed about you that I appreciate is. So, Robert, we haven't known each other for long, but I still know certain things about you. Like something I notice about you that I appreciate is, is that you have a real uh, passion for this subject. And, you know, it's not casual for you. You're really trying to contribute and you're really trying to help what you see as a real problem. And I agree. And you're willing to put in the effort, writing, podcast, things like that, to let your passion out into the world. And I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I'm very appreciative of your appreciation. Good, good. And now, you know, you don't know me that well, but hopefully you can fill in that sentence. Okay, well, I want to. 
Yeah, I've noticed about you is that uh, you're in touch with um, not just men, but but women and know how to get to the bottom of uh, uh, some things that could be very complicated, but you simplify it and you actually help people by putting in in your book these exercises that are very easy to do and help, I think, in particular, men be more mindful of their relationships. And I think uh, what you're doing is a real um, contribution to men. Um, women also and couples also, but I think men can really, and I'm not saying it because it's guys, guys radio, but because just as a guy, I connected with your book and you were really speaking my language. And nowadays in the publishing industry, it's hard to find books that aren't action or sci-fi that, uh, or biographies that men can really um, not only connect with and relate to, but are instructional in terms of how to be better men. So thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I I really get that because I guess that is kind of my gift, taking something that might be complicated and theoretical and putting it down to something that you can literally actually do and change your life in under a minute. <laughs> that mm-hmm. tends to be what I do. <laughs> so, you know, little things like this can make a big difference. I mentioned earlier that women want empathy. Well, how do you give them empathy? Well, Please. I have like a fill-in-the-blank statement, you know, exactly how to do that. And you know, I wrote this book that sold a million copies called Communication Miracles for Couples, and and I got so many emails from couples that said that once they did that one-minute exercise, it totally changed things for them. Because, you know, if you're, if you're thirsty for, and you haven't drank any water for three days, somebody giving you a steak is not going to help. Right, right. So what is that? Can you share that with us, or do you have to buy the book to get that? No, no, I, I could share it. I mean, it helps to read why it sure. works and how it works mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but the basic method is to, when somebody s- says something to you, to say it sounds like blank and you summarize what they said in one sentence or less. Sometimes even in a couple words, it sounds like you had a really hard day. That must be frustrating. And then you say that must be, and you guess how they feel. So it sounds like blank, that must feel blank. That's really the essence of empathy. And I ha, almost everything I say to my wife starts with those two sentences. And she feels totally loved. Now, it works so well that sometimes I'm distracted. I'm not even sincere. But it still works because she feels like I'm really there. And I try to be there, but, you know, I'm a guy, so sometimes I'm not. Right, right. Now, how about for uh, for women? What, um, let's flip the coin because since, uh, you know, I think we agree they are kind of different creatures, although you know, equally deserving of uh, and equally divine in their own way. How What can women do better uh, than what they're doing right now in terms of uh, dealing with their guy? Uh-huh. Well, women assume that men need a lot of empathy, which they generally don't. Uh, so I tell women that what men want, uh, is for you to be very direct, like, uh, what would you like right now? You know, Mm -hmm. because men aren't always in touch with that, but if you ask them that, they can say, well, I'd like to cuddle or I'd like to go for a walk or whatever it is. That's much, that, um, showing interest in knowing what a man wants is very effective communication yeah. for women mm-hmm. that's so true it's like i was uh watching the basketball game the other night and my wife was on her computer watching 
know, some some other show, and uh, she came over and then asked me about the game and watched the end of it with with me, which I thought was so nice and fantastic. Yeah. Yet she'll do something like, uh, and she wouldn't get upset with this, but she'll. Uh, if I, I I think I'm doing a good job, kind of keeping up with she's at work and I'm have, I'm working it from home that day, I'll kind of go through the place and like okay maybe I'll vacuum or I'll do all the dishes or whatever just keep taking on things, and uh, so she'll at a certain point say you know you don't do this you don't do that and I'm like why don't you if you have specific things that you want me to do just tell me or give me a list or whatever and her response is and I think this is pretty typical is like. I shouldn't have to do that. You should know. But I don't know right. what her priorities are in terms of the pecking order of all these like projects that I don't want to be involved in, but I do. And I do them proactively. But I feel like now, like, okay, I cleaned all the dishes and I get no credit for that, but I didn't vacuum or something. And uh, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And women um, don't realize that men respond much better to positive reinforcement and appreciation than they do to complaining. So I mentioned in the book and can mention here that it's about 10 times more powerful for women to say something that they like and appreciate and, and to praise a guy than to complain. The complain, blame, and shame method of changing somebody uh, does not work well at all. Right, and it, it creates some underlying bitterness sometimes with people, uh, and particularly with men, because guys don't they, they don't they don't like that, especially if they think that they're doing some stuff, and then that's being completely ignored because they weren't doing something else, and uh, it's tough. Um, would you say? Would you agree or disagree that you know keeping relationships going, whether you're married, you have kids, or you don't, whatever, it, it's it's tough to, to to just when you're with the same person all the time. I was single for so long that people didn't even ask me when I was getting married. So I was happy single guy. I'm a happy married uh, guy now, but it is different. And you know what? Nobody really gave me a playbook on that. And nobody gave me some of the surprise about what happens when women have kids and this and that. And I, I think, you know, there's a need for that. And uh, a lot of guys I think are caught off guard where it's like, wow, I didn't realize that this is what I was getting into. Do you hear that yeah. a lot? I do, and it's extremely difficult if you have no training. I mean, imagine you're trying to be a software engineer and you have zero training. You go into Google the first day. Well, that's going to be pretty confusing. Um, if you have a little bit of training, it helps a lot. You know, and if you have the right tools, like currently I'm building a deck, and uh, because I don't have any experience with it, I started with a, a handsaw. You know, there's 200 boards, and I started with a handsaw going to take forever somebody you know my wife bought me a, a power saw for my birthday and it took you know one afternoon you mm -hmm. know so so yeah. if you have the right tool it makes it a lot easier and if you don't have any training it makes it close to impossible how about uh jonathan with uh, uh when kids come into play um because i think mm -hmm. a lot of guys in that area also um they're clueless and it's really tough i think for a lot of men to relate to um let's say uh three-year-olds and younger uh, because yeah. they're driven the way the kid's behavior is driven is a completely unique way versus when they start to reason more and all of that. And you can talk to them like, you know, talk to a kid like an adult almost. You can do that when they hit about four or five. Uh, it might yeah. not work that well, but at about five, they start to figure stuff out. And I'm finding that with my own son who's five, but I found, I found early on with these, with the emotions and everything, it's like, this is like, I need to, 
I need a guide. I need like a hand guide I can take out of my pocket and look at it like he does this, then I do this. Yeah. Well, the good (laughs) news is that um, young kids, uh, you want to talk to them very much similar to how you talk to a woman and that their number one need is empathy. And so once you master communicating with empathy to a woman, uh, you're pretty good with uh, kids under five, and it's the same technique. So it's very liberating for men to realize when they understand that these fill-in-the-blank statements like, oh, it sounds like uh, uh, you scraped your knee and, and it got hurt. That must be uh, feel really, really uh, stressful or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you say right. to them, um, that that will work for a child where if you try to reason with a young child, that's not where their head's at, so it won't work very well. Yeah. Uh, do you ever run into this uh, from guys where, you know, doing the exercises and like the some of the empathetic uh, actions feel like I'm, I'm like – that they feel like I'm not saying this is that what they're doing by any means, but they feel like they're kind of patronizing or pandering or like bullshitting the person that they're with. Like it's a game almost instead of sincere. And is there, uh, is there a step that men need to take to make this more of an authentic understanding of how, okay, people are different and the female sex, if you will, I need to talk to them and empathy, hit empathy is important to them. So I need to kind of, skew my game, my, my words and actions that way. And it's not really, I'm being phony. It's just, I'm being adaptive and open. Do you run into that at all? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, most guys aren't that empathetic, you know, for the last 250,000 years, (laughs) our success was built on how many animals we could kill, you know, empathy and killing animals is not really a a, a combined skill set. So, um, a lot of times guys, when they start this out, it feels like they're speaking a foreign language. And uh, even if they don't do it sincerely and they just say the right words, they notice that the results that they get are amazing. Like, wow, I wasn't even feeling any empathy. I just mouthed these words and it seemed to really work. Uh, That's how it started with me. And Eventually, I got to a point where I actually, the words helped me to feel more empathy. I Saying the right words led me in the right direction. You know, but women are starving for empathy. You know, if somebody's starving and you come up to them and you say, well, I have some bread for you, they don't say, well, does it have um, the right kind of cheese that I like on it? You know, they're, they're starving. You know, I'll take anything. You know, I don't care if it was just in dirty, you know, uh, wrapped on the floor, you know, I'm starving to death. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be uh, generally what they want. I don't suggest that people be insincere, but at first it can feel really um, uh, like you're mouthing words that you don't feel. But over time, it actually does help men to feel more empathetic towards women. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, another area, and uh, you, you talk about in the book, and I think you do it very well, is uh, this nonverbal communication, which is another area that guys kind of uh, struggle with, um, less so than women. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, you know, we, a lot of communication is nonverbal, 
but we don't know necessarily the methods for using that ability. So take something as simple. Um, actually, Jay Leno mentioned uh, on The Tonight Show that this one method saved his marriage, and it really just involves holding your partner either in hugging position or spooning position where you're fronted to your partner's back and just breathing in unison for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. That's a nonverbal way of connecting. And I think couples need more nonverbal ways of connecting outside of just sex. You know, in right. America, we kind of have two forms of touching, nothing and sex. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of room in between there. And, by, and, and women, you know, don't want to just jump into sex if they don't feel right. connected to a guy. So finding nonverbal ways to connect, like even holding hands or uh, doing this uh, joint breathing together as you hold each other, are very powerful ways to feel the intimacy. And once you feel connected, then more physical affection is more likely to happen. Got it. Um you talk about uh, also the like four D's, dismissal, distraction, a couple other things. How do you categorize them? Yeah, well, the four D's are dismissal, uh, which is really a form of like dismissing women's feelings, which is, mm-hmm. is, is like violence against women. But men right. don't necessarily realize that. There's distraction. You know, we all have uh, these WMDs now, uh, right. which isn't uh, weapons of mass destruction. It's widgets of mass distraction, you know, like <laughs> a smartphone. Right. You know, uh, and then there's denial. When you deny that there's a problem, that never makes it go away. And then there's what I call denigration, which is really blaming or putting your partner down. So those four things are very common, and they don't work. And then I kind of give antidotes for each of them that are pretty simple. Um, But just the awareness that, like, dismissal of a woman's feelings is the equivalent to, you know, just almost punching her uh, from her point of view, that can help you to be aware of, you know, changing your behavior. Now, you have interviewed and been on shows with a lot of people from Dalai Lama to Donald Trump uh, and Oprah. Could you, uh, you got a couple of anecdotes about those three very different people and what your uh, experience was with them? Yeah. Well, you know, the Dalai Lama and Oprah are are the two most loved people on earth. Mm -hmm. And it's partly because of how they communicate. You know, Oprah came from nothing. She was you know, uh, had a stillborn child at age 14 after a rape. You know, she never lived in a house that even had a bathroom. Um, and now she's the most loved person on earth. Well, if you listen to Oprah, what she does is she just gives empathy, empathy, empathy. And she was a communication major at college, and she really just understands that that works. So that got her, that one skill got her from the lowest segment of society to the highest segment in the world. So that shows the power of good communication and empathy. Mm-hmm. And the same with the Dalai Lama. Now, Donald Trump, he has a method of communicating that has worked well in business, especially right. in the rough and tumble uh, business of real estate in New York. Mm-hmm. And what he's finding is that that doesn't work so well on a national level, especially with women. 
and uh, I met him uh, for a show. I was on a show on Geraldo, and <laughs> what happened is he was putting down the makeup artist who yeah. was doing his makeup, and at some point uh, I was watching there. Yeah, he, wasn't orange, he wasn't orange enough? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't happy, and mm-hmm. uh, when he got done with his makeup, I'm like three feet away from him, I'm ready to get my makeup done, and he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm waiting to get my makeup done. And he says, which surprised me, because the makeup artist is right there, he says, well, she's horrible. You shouldn't even bother. (laughs) And I was put off by that, uh, because the woman started crying. And I said to him, well, you didn't give her much to work with. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky you said it then and not now. Yeah, yeah, he said screw you, and I said, well, you know, uh, (laughs) sorry about that, and we did, that was the end of it, but, you know, he, he, he formed a a communication style that worked in one environment, but doesn't work in another environment, and we also fall into the same patterns that the way we communicate at work might not work really well with our three-year-old or with our wife, and we have right. to learn what does work and find ways of, of doing those simple things so that we can get what we want. You know, it's interesting because um, a lot of times guys have a different perspective on things. My, my, this person I know who came to me after being married 20 years, I never knew there was an issue because I knew his wife and uh, told me he's getting divorced. And finally I said, well, wh- why? And he's like, but she doesn't laugh at my joke. She doesn't find me funny anymore. It was basically what I got out of it. And, and I'm going to give her a really good deal. I told her that. And I'm like, uh-huh. I said, wow, you better get a good attorney based on that because, you know, she's not looking for a good deal. Uh, it's an emotional issue. And, you know, with the fact that she doesn't find you that funny anymore doesn't seem like grounds for divorce. But this is through somebody. It's not I don't walk in his shoes. So obviously, as a man. How would you how would you interpret that when if you would hear that? Because I'm sure you hear everything from your your couples. And I just heard this is just one anecdote and I was like thrown by it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's really comes back to are you able to give your partner what they most want? And I'm sure his partner probably did not feel like she was giving like he was giving her the empathy and understanding that she wanted. And because she wasn't getting that, she wasn't giving him what he wanted, which was, uh, in this case, feeling like he was funny or feeling like he was a, a, a great, funny Mike guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and when partners don't get the most important thing, they kind of close down and start right. blaming each other. So the, the good news is that, if you can identify what your partner most wants and give it to them, it can very, very quickly change things around really dramatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had couples who have hated each other and been arguing for 30 years, and after 20 minutes, they're back in love. You know, that's, that's good news. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. you do have to do something different than, you know, just doing the same old thing you've always done. Gotcha. Uh, one more question. Um, actually, two questions. One, one question, and then I'll ask you for some, you know, simple tips to get people started. Um, triggers mm-hmm. you mentioned, and I think it's so important that, uh, you know, a lot of times you could be having a good conversation or things you think going well, and one of the per- members of the partnership 
says something or does something that just triggers the other person and their mood instantly goes south. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, well, you know, I have a, a couple chapters in the More Love, Less Conflict mm-hmm. book that are about triggers and identifying what they are in you and your partner and then knowing to steer clear of them or how to deal with them. Because unless you have that conversation, you tend to keep on triggering each other, and, of course, that's very unpleasant. But in a 15-minute conversation or 10-minute conversation, you can often really identify it and just be done with it. You know, uh, my wife Mm -hmm. and I both have a couple of triggers that are really big, and (laughs) we (laughs) figured out a way to steer clear of them. Got it. Okay. All right. Uh, last question, Jonathan. And uh, listen, I, you know, to our listeners out there, the book is fantastic. If you're a guy, you got to get this book because it's called More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And I'm sure it's great for, it's great for women too, but it's got, it's just broken down the way guys like to read and it's very kind of do it yourself and uh, very clear and simple. And it's fun too, as you can tell by uh, our conversation. So what is, what's one tip you can give uh, before, uh, leaving us, Jonathan, for uh, the listeners out there to make communication better, more love, less conflict? Well, one thing I'd recommend, um, I do have a a website called morelovelessconflict.com, and I have a thing where uh, people can get the 12 questions of instant intimacy. And these are 12 questions you can ask your partner or anyone, really, and they always lead to more of an intimate connection. So that's a free download, and I'd recommend that. Because it, it shows that intimacy can be as simple as asking the right question. And um, when you start to get more success, that little things can make a big difference, then it kind of encourages you to, to go on to the next step. And, you know, love is what we really are all after, whether it be physical love or emotional love. And when you learn that there's simple things you can do to create that that's a really good feeling that feels like a superpower yep uh, i think you're right and listen a pleasure meeting you jonathan and again i'm i don't say things i don't mean i really enjoyed the book i think you did a great job you're doing great work and please keep it up and please with your next book come on back so guys guys that sounds up. great robert i really appreciate the interview all right thanks so much all right mm-hmm. folks that's jonathan robinson His first book, the big one, is Communication Miracle for Couples. The new book, which could be even bigger, is More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. Jonathan Robinson on Guys Guys Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to do our Guys Guys Guide of the Week. The Guys Guys Radio. Okay, we're back, Guys Guys Radio. As I had said at the beginning of the show, you know, the whole Guys Guys movement started with my novel, A Guys Guys Guide to Love, and then we did my website um, and my blog, my syndicated blog on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, where li- life imitated art, where I started blogging just as my main character in my novel started writing about men for women. And uh, from there, I said, you know what? We've got to update this. Well, let's, let's go with the technology leads us. And I decided to start this podcast, Guys Guys Radio. And that was 300 podcasts earlier. So now we're on for free, of course, with our podcast. We have uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. So you can catch any, any of the podcasts on there on Guys Guys Radio. And if you would, you want to help out because I'm bootstrapping this on my own until I get picked up. Uh, bigger and better is that um, uh, rate 
review and subscribe on iTunes would help a lot. And thank you. And hey, if you want to pick up my novel, it's still out there and you can catch it on Amazon or any of the e-tailers and it's still in some bookstores. You can get the hard uh, physical copy or the uh, download. Of course, I'm always on all of the social media uh, platforms also. Um, Okay, quick guys, guys, guide of the week. Um, We're talking about uh, love and technology, dating and technology. Uh, Is it a gift? Is it a curse? So just a couple of thoughts on that. One is uh, technology is one of the greatest things ever to happen to single guys and to dating. Why? Because you can meet so many people that you would never meet without it. You, You can spread yourself only so much around physically offline And again, like, hi, my name is Luke. Can I buy you a drink? That guy, you know, he can only cover so much ground. But when you're online, you can do a lot of qualifying, a lot of screening for men and women. I think it helps women technology because they can check out the guy, see if he knows how to write a sentence, uh, see if he's articulate and nice, excuse me. And then if you're a guy, you can take a look. Of course, you like the pretty pictures, but also you can actually read about some of the women, what they're perspectives are what their issues are and you can decide hey i'm interested in saying hi or not so it's great where it's not as great is if you become if you start using technology as a crutch that is it's all your communication as it is with a lot of millennials through texting you don't even email you don't talk on the phone but everything's texting or swiping left and right on the apps uh, to, to meet to meet new uh, partners and maybe short-term partners at that Um, ultimately to make a real connection in life, whether it's for love or for business, you have to get face to face with people. You're going to be offline. We live in an offline world for right now. Who knows what's going to happen with AI and all of the other technology, but for right now, you still have to deal with real people face to face. So if you want to make a connection with a woman, you got to get in front of her. You got to look her in the eye. You got to smile and you got to be comfortable in your own skin and know who you are know what you want, and know what you have to offer. If you have the technology with you to meet more and more and more people, fantastic. But technology is not going to do the work for you. It's a tool. You got to do the work. So be your best. And thanks for listening to Guys Guys Radio, everybody. We'll be back with another podcast in a couple of days. And remember, like I always like to say at the end of the show, guys, guys, finish first.